Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk about statistics and domestic abuse. But before we jump into that, let me remind you of PeaceWorks University. You know, every week I talk to you about PeaceWorks University and how if you have enjoyed the PeaceWorks podcast, then PeaceWorks University is your best next step. You can find out more about PeaceWorks University at chrismoles.org. PeaceWorks U is our online membership site for people helpers, and it contains a vast uh, background vault of past teachings from myself as well as master classes with experts in the field, toolbox items to help you in your counseling, care, and help, and many, many other resources. So if you've enjoyed the PeaceWorks podcast, then please consider PeaceWorks University. All right, guys, let's jump into today's topic. So we have been receiving some questions about statistics Now, I'm not a statistician, certainly not an academic, uh, but I do familiarize myself and occasionally have to have discussions about the rate of abuse happening in uh, the world and the United States, as well as um, some of the research that's that's being done. However, one question that continues to rise up in various forms is the rate at which women use or are abusive towards men. Uh, Today's question goes something like that. Uh, I would like some reliable statistics to counter the pseudo statistics used to argue that women are the perpetrators in most instances. Now, I don't know the statistics that the questioner is referring to, but the statement pseudo statistics in which women are the perpetrators in most instances catch my eye because I don't know of any. Like, quite honestly, it would, in my mind, have to be uh, propaganda to promote or suggest that women are abusing men at a higher rate than men are abusing women. So in my work in domestic abuse over the years and currently the work that I do here at PeaceWorks, have had um, no interaction with any data that would indicate that women are more abusive uh, than men. But evidently the questioner has had some interaction with that. So let's just talk a little bit about where can we find stats that may be a little bit more reliable. Uh, Academic research is probably your best bet uh, as individuals are um, logging away Uh, their projects in academic journals. Uh, Governmental research is actually usually pretty good, in particular uh, criminal-related offenses. In fact, as you're looking at the research, most of the stuff from the Department of Justice or from the government is going to focus on criminality, on um, incarceration rates and things like that, uh, recidivism of violent crimes, It's really going to be hard to measure aspects of emotional abuse, for instance. And even if you do find research on emotional abuse, often what you're going to find 
our, our um, surveys, self-reporting. And that lends itself to a little bit less than reliable information, in large part because think about it this way, from someone who works primarily with perpetrators. The vast majority of perpetrators claim to be victims. It's, it's an interesting dynamic where perpetrators claim to be victims of the courts, victims of uh, past uh, issues, and victims of their partners, victims of substances. But really, playing the victim is a very keen and key role that the perpetrator takes on, especially when trying to build collusive relationships uh, with power brokers, with people that can help them uh, eliminate or escape the consequences. So as you can imagine, you know, self-disclosed surveys where you're self-reporting uh, may not be completely accurate depending upon the sample. Like, who are we talking to? If we're talking to a room full of um, perpetrator group participants, I mean, you could expect a high rate, a high percentage of them to claim they're victims of emotional abuse. So that's why individual conversations and wisdom is so important. But let's get back to the question. This individual wants to know where to find reliable statistics. From a, a lay perspective, I'd probably start with the, uh, uh, the hotline, uh, the National Domestic Abuse Hotline, or the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. They tend to have updated, curated lists of journal articles, research projects that have been done in the last decade or so that will give you a little clearer understanding. And they tend to organize them in such a way that individuals can uh, take bite-sized chunks out of it. Uh, the Department of Justice tends to have uh, research available on, like I said, criminal offenses. Uh, but as far as contradicting the quote-unquote pseudo-statistics, I would really have to see what, what project was suggesting that women are committing acts of domestic violence at a higher rate than men. Uh, let's just take a couple commonly held statistics, commonly understood stats that are out there and kind of walk through, you know, and give some perspective to them. So it's estimated that one in four women and approximately one in 10 men, I've seen that one in 10 men actually be as low as one in seven. But again, I don't know how the research is being gathered. So let's just go with the, the one in 10 that's commonly held um, in some of the national and um, victim advocacy groups, okay? So one in four women and one in 10 men experience intimate partner violence. Now that includes um, physical, sexual violence, stalking behavior, intimidating behavior uh, during their lifetime. So when we say one in four women, for instance, we mean that one in four women have, will be, or currently are experiencing intimate partner violence. And the same with the, the stat being given a one in 10 men. Now, sometimes when we see one in 10 men or one in seven men, our mind immediately goes to that means there's an equal, you know, that the, the converse then is to assume that we're talking about female perpetrators. That's not always the case. There's um, some research out there that has shown that about 85% of victims of intimate partner violence are women. And, you know, of the 15%, there's still questions out there as to how many 
of uh, male victims of intimate partner violence are actually victims of other men. There's no real quantitative research for that. In fact, I read one, uh, one researcher who said that the intimation or the assumption, the indication seems to be that a majority of men who experience intimate partner violence are experiencing it from other men. But there's nothing to quantify that. In the same way, there's no way to quantify how many female perpetrators of intimate partner violence there are as far as females perpetrating violence against men. The research and the data is just not there. Now, in contrast to the what the questioner called the pseudo statistics, I would say two reasons why the research isn't there to quantify the number of female perpetrators. One is there's not a large enough sample size. So the, just finding a, a group, a control group, would be difficult because women sin, from a Christian perspective, women sin in many, many different ways. Physical force, intimidation, threat, and fear are not the primary go-tos. They are less effective with women than they are with men. So I think one of the reasons the research isn't there is because there's just not enough female perpetration of abuse to, to get that data. The second is there's not enough interest from the experts to pursue it. And I understand that. And I think, you know, it would be nice if people pursued that, uh, found ways to do, you know, like, like we said, quantify that number and really find good research methods to look into it. But to my knowledge, it hasn't really happened apart from simple surveys and um, uh, equal, you know, apples to apples comparisons in things like incarcerations, which is the one big one that kind of gets the big project that gets thrown out there by men's rights groups sometimes, is the um, um, where the Department of Justice, I think it was, was doing the study where they were doing an apples and apples comparison on incarceration. And even the researchers there said it's not, um, it's not meant to be taken that way, that obviously men's use of violence is much more severe. And while the researchers believe that women were using acts of violence at a greater rate than the culture believed or understood, they did acknowledge that men's uses of violence has far greater consequences than women's use of force. So this female perpetrator of abuse, we know she's out there. We know it happens, but there's no real solid research that I know of. And like I said, reading that one article, the research even said, researcher even said, there's no way to quantify it yet. So we know it's there anecdotally, but not to the degree that we understand men's violence against women, or even the means of which we're understanding more about men's violence against men. Let me revisit that, because we talked about, you know, one in 10 men. Uh, that, you know, has to take into account that LGBTQ men have um, make up one of the largest rates of domestic homicide in the country, right? 47% of domestic homicides, or 45 to 47%, are within the LGBTQ community. So gay men have a much higher risk of physical um, violence and physical violence consequences than heterosexual men. So gay men are 16 times more likely to suffer intimate partner violence, uh, an intimate partner violence injury, for instance. So when you're thinking about uh, reportable offenses, offenses that are going to be documented, domestic violence is going to be reported, documented, or um, 
understood, gay men have a, have a very high rate and suffer a great deal. And so, of course, that is not the, the you know, the, the desired female perpetrator against a man. It's a, it's, it's a man violating a man. I think what it substantiates, even though, again, we don't have all of the research available or data available, in large part because this is such a hidden sin, it just seems to re-establish or um, reinforce the idea that men's violence is a massive problem in our culture and that uh, female victims of intimate partner violence are suffering at an exponentially higher rate at the hands of men. And male victims of intimate partner violence are suffering at a significant rate. We don't know what, what it is yet, but significantly at the hands of other men. This seems to be a men's issue from my perspective. When you consider things like intimate partner violence is the most common form of violence experienced by women uh, that in the world, that obviously this is a men's problem as in which men are using violence against women and men are using violence against other men. Just a couple other statistics just kind of to keep in our mind as we're thinking about this problem. Uh, one in five women and one in 40 men are victims of rape or attempted rape. So you see it, it becomes again a much broader group at that point. Nearly one in five women and one in 12 men have experienced uh, sexual violence by an intimate partner uh, in their lifetime. Uh, stalking victimization affects women at a much higher rate than it does men. Um, I think it's like one in 10 women will experience stalking where one in 50 uh, men will experience stalking. Homicide obviously affects women at a much higher rate until you plug in the reality that gay men are suffering at a, at a significant rate of domestic homicide, that within the, uh, the uh, gay community, there's a high rate of intimate partner violence, homicide, especially among gay men. Uh, and it, it does affect how we understand male victims, right? Uh, 96% of uh, murder-suicides are perpetrated by intimate, or excuse me, 65% of murder suicides are perpetrated by intimate partners, and 96% of those victims are women. So um, just keep in mind as you're thinking through this question, you know, I need some reliable statistics. Well, check out the hotline, check out the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, uh, check out um, research that's being done at the academic level. Uh, those are all good places to start. But then think through what's being stated in studies that are being done. And when you're considering whoever is propagating the stats that women are the perpetrators in most instances, um, where is that coming from? What, what, what firm did the, did the research, right? Is, I would guess it would be sponsored, and I hate to say this, but I think it's true. My guess is it's sponsored by someone with an agenda because there doesn't seem to be any correlating evidence in the research that's being done that would suggest that women are perpetrating acts of violence at a higher rate than men. And certainly no evidence, as I've said, nothing that we can quantify yet that would suggest that women are committing acts against men at a higher rate uh, than men are. So I hope that 
small conversation was helpful. I hope it uh, puts a little bit of clarity in the uh, in the discussion and allows us to to discuss it with a little bit more um, information. I don't like getting into food fights about this. I don't like stats versus stats. I don't think it's helpful. I think to understand the construct of abuse is helpful. And then once you understand that abuse is the use of power to control, dominate, destroy another person, then that clarity of men versus women, of power versus um, uh, power and control, when those dynamics fall into place, I think you get a much healthier understanding than just statistics. Yeah, statistics can help kind of substantiate what we're saying, but really it's understanding the construct that I think puts all that into perspective. Well, thank you guys for joining us this week on the PeaceWorks podcast. I appreciate you so much. Uh, please continue to to listen. If you get a chance, rate and review the podcast. Let the platform know uh, that you value the PeaceWorks podcast. Uh, be sure to check us out at chrismoles.org. And until next time, God bless.